We're back again. We're on episode seven. That's a little nod there to Strictly Come Dancing, which I like, and I've now admitted to everyone. I'm regretting this immediately. What a poor start to things. Daz, bail me out. How are you, mate? Very good, mate. Thank you. Another week ruined by the cricket. <laughs> well, let's let's start positive, mate, shall we? Uh, let's Strictly Come Dancing on, mate. <laughs> how was your week, my friend? Yeah, good. It was really good, thanks. Yeah, not too bad at all. Just shame about the rain. Well, there's no such thing as bad weather, just the wrong clothes. Uh, Peter de Somburg. Yeah. the wrong sport. <laughs> Peter, how are you, my friend? I'm all right, thanks, Jim. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very well. I've been on holiday. So, um, oh, lovely. Where, where'd you go? Uh, I went down to Dorset. I went down to the West Country, to the motherland, and um, uh, I spent a week in a caravan in... What can only be described as very grisly weather, um, but it was gorgeous. It was lovely, right on the sea, rugged, romantic. It was great, exactly what we needed. So, um, yeah, good week for me. I avoided the cricket, which was great. <laughs> Gentlemen, let's do this again. It's on a pair. It's three friends talking about the game they love and the team they follow, but you know this already, don't you? Shall we crack on with the news, gang? Let's do it. Right, just after we recorded last week, we found out that the England squad has been announced. Um, Pete, what's happening? Well, some new faces, which is nice. Uh, James Bracey from Gloucestershire and Sussex Seymour Ollie Robinson have been called up for the test, uh, first test at Lords. There's also um, call-ups for a few people that have been mentioned on the honours board. Craig Overton um, and... And Ollie Pope has got a call-up as well. So, um, yeah, just a, nice to see some new names. Um, what do we think of the squad, gents? We'll run through it in full first. So, uh, Captain Joe Root, as you'd expect. Then alphabetical order, as they like to do this, which I always find slightly annoying. James Anderson, James Bracey, Stuart Broad, Rory Burns, Zach Crawley, Ben Folks, Dan Lawrence, Jack Leach, Craig Overton, Ollie Pope, Ollie Robinson, Dom Sibley, Ollie Stone and Mark Wood. Ashley Giles said last week, didn't he, that there were going to be new faces. People who were playing in the IPL were going to get an extended break, um, which they've got. I mean, the squad looks pretty good to me. I can't really fault them. As you mentioned, Pete, we thought Ollie Robinson and uh, Craig Overton had done everything they possibly could to get an England shout, and they've got it, and that's fair enough. Dan Lawrence, who we really like. Uh, James Bracey, who I really like as well, is a top-order batsman. He He can wear the gloves as well. I can't see where they've gone wrong, really, with the exception possibly of Jake Libby, but we'll get onto that in a little bit, I think. What are your thoughts, Daz? Yeah, again, same as you. Can't really see where anything they've gone wrong there. Hard to argue against Libby. He's still second in the championship run scorer this season. So he's certainly got a. His name's got to be up there for a for a shout next time perhaps but uh, yeah no, it looks a good squad and uh, they've included all the picks that we've mentioned over the last three or four weeks so we are to us as well we are contractually obliged to push the Worcestershire agenda it's the nature of the pod and Jake Libby he was brilliant last year he started this season fabulously um, he's been the best opening batsman in county cricket for the past season and a half um, and he doesn't get in the squad which is a little frustrating as to why who knows but what I think is worth mentioning is that Rory Burns has started the season really strongly and Dom Sibley, who's come back um, into county cricket and he batted brilliantly as well. So you're sort of the, the, the two incumbents, really. The two openers you expect to start Test Cricket for England this summer have both started the season well. It's kind of fair enough. 
So it was always going to be a tough ask for Jake Libby. But, I mean, if you're going to go on form, it's worth a shout, but he didn't get one. Um, in terms of the team itself, I mean, you look at Broad and Anderson and Wood, and they pretty much they pick themselves, don't they? Folks will have the gloves. He's the best wicketkeeper batsman in the country. That's no great surprise. I mean, it's Zach Crawley is the interesting one for me. He's not been great this year. Kent have had a horrible time with the bat. Yeah, I do agree with that. Yeah, it's, um, it is a surprise one. It's one of these names, isn't it, that the selectors are, are running with at the moment. So um, we never like it when batsmen are, are kicked out too early. But um, you fancy uh, he'd have to do something in this series. Yeah, I mean, the, the top. I think the top six are likely going to be, it's going to be um, Burns and Sibley to open up, Zach Crawley at three, Root at four, uh, Pope at five, Lawrence at six, or flip, flip either of them round, and then it's folks at seven, and then take your pick of the bowlers, depending on whether they want to play Broad and Anderson at the same time. But um, yeah, solid squad. Can't argue with it. Although we just have a little bit, haven't we? <laughs> we have a little bit, yeah. Mainly just Jake Libby. Jake Libby in and we're happy. Yeah, it would have been nice. But I mean, I like the James Bracey shout. There's nothing wrong with that. You don't. It doesn't look like we need two spinners. So Jack Leach, that kind of makes sense. To be honest, I'm relieved Libby hasn't been picked because it means we get to keep the only person scoring any runs for us at the moment. So. That's a very good point. <laughs> if you take no Moeen Ali, and at the moment you take Jake Libby out, and we are in serious trouble, Daz. It's yeah. a very good point. Right, okay. Um, Daz, there's been some news, well, some potential news on the Cricketing World Cup. What do you know? Yeah, there's a lot of, lot of rumours flying around. Um, a couple of reports from Tristan Lavalette, the Aussie, Aussie journo, um, and there's various rumours that there's going to be either a 14 or 16 team cricket World Cup, and not the next time round. That one's set at 10 already, which is 2023, but from 2027 onwards. So feels like a, I suppose some people see it as a bit of a step back, but I see it as a step sort of forward to where we were eight or ten years ago uh, with the 07, 2011 and 2015 format. So what are they trying to do? So there's going to be, they're going to raise it to 14 to 16 teams. So they're going to raise the amount of teams playing in it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they, they need to bring in some more of the Associate Nations again. I mean, it, it was, they got away with it last time for me, the 2019 World Cup, because it was in England and England won it in, and the final was probably the best, or arguably the best game of cricket of all time. It sort of puts uh, the fact that you had a 10-team group stage with 45 games, most of them dead rubbers, people forgot about that but it was a pretty rubbish format uh, and they're doing that again next time round but hopefully if they bring in some more associate nations I mean 16 teams for example the 2007 World Cup the four groups of four absolutely brilliant it makes sense I hate I hate the super sixes thing I think the numbers are yeah, rubbish totally. I well, hate that's where, they got, that's where they got it wrong in 07 they went four groups of four and then straight into super eights which dragged on for ages um, 11 and 15, they had the two groups of seven, which again dragged on for ages before you got rid of the associate teams. So I think your four groups of four, get rid of your bottom two, which is your associate nations. You're right, you, you have the risk of India or Pakistan getting knocked out like they did in the West Indies, but that's the nature of a World Cup, surely. Yeah, just be just be any good and win. I'm with yeah, you. I, I think that the systems are always made that what they want to do is they want to include as many different countries as they can to try and spread the sport around the world, which makes sense. But they also basically want to ring fence and protect the high profile test playing nations that make all the money yeah, to make absolutely. sure they're at the, at, the, at the pointy end of the tournament. And ultimately, um, the best, the most exciting game of cricket England played in a one day environment ten years ago was when they got beat by uh, by the Netherlands. Uh, uh, 2019, they went too far the other way, didn't they? protected the test-playing nations at the expense of not having any associate nations there. And perhaps in 2007, they went too far towards the associate nations where they only had to win one game in order to get through. 
to get through the group stage potentially. So, uh, so somewhere in the middle, maybe a, a four groups of four with the, the top three. You could have a sort of an IPL type format where the top team gets a buy into the quarterfinals and the second and third place play each other in a sort of an eliminator. And therefore, you're giving the associate nations uh, more game time and you're protecting. Uh, the big sides, so if they do have a, a nightmare in the group stage, they've got a, an extra yeah. game in order I mean, to try and... Uh, and they're all, they're all knockout games if you do it that way as well. So they are all, you know, winner takes all, losers out. I want every game to matter, which in the, like the four group, four teams of four, every game matters. Yeah. And and that gets exciting. And if you just have a bad day and you get knocked out, tough. Don't have yeah, a bad exactly. day. Just win anyway. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm so adamant about this in a competitive sport. Yeah. If India or Pakistan, look, if England get knocked out early, the Aussies are going to love it. Pakistan get knocked out early, the Indians are going to love it, right? It's, it's all these different permutations. Everyone wants their rival to be embarrassed and humiliated at the, ba- at the biggest stage that's possible. Right. And that's Absolutely the joy right. of it. That's it's the, the, the Football the World, World Cup, Cup when <laughs> Senegal beat France. Yeah, you that's know, right. The tournament just generally, I find, is far too long. Keep, make the tournament shorter and keep the games competitive. And that's well, all I, I really want. Again, just that, make, I want it to be cool. fun. I think that's a broadcasting thing again because it's um, a fellow called Bernice de Jong is the Dutch uh, journalist, a cricket journalist, and he reported that the ICC has got a contract with the broadcasters which requires the World Cup to be 45-game minimum, which is why you get these silly formats, I think, which aren't as exciting. So maybe they can have a look at that in the future. But Ah, uh, oh, that's that's nonsense. I mean, for, for, that's like it ends up being like a 12-, 14-week tournament. Yeah. I've had relationships yeah. shorter than that. I'm not... I'm not that committed to uh, yeah. it's nonsense. Well, well, we'll we'll see how they go with it. Annual general meeting is July, and it's going to be decided by then. So we'll keep an eye on it and, and see what happens with that. But uh, yeah. as I say, for me, fourteen, sixteen team minimum. Right. Well, um, on that note, uh, uh, some other news actually. Um, the uh, the big man from New Zealand is going to join the T20 Blast. That's Colin de Grandhomme. There you are. That's my uh, literal translation for you there. New Zealander all-rounder is going to play for the Hampshire Hawks, as they are now, not the Royals. We're, we're not bitter. Um, and I suppose we should probably round off the news with, um, have we got a bit of Worcester watch, Daz? Yeah, not a lot going on, uh, I'm afraid. The second they're playing today, which is the 25th, Tuesday the 25th, uh, the second day was washed out due to rain again, so that's down to a two-day game now. So um, probably looking like a draw there. They're playing over at Northampton. Uh, not a lot to report from the women, but the Central Sparks, which some of the, the Worcestershire women play for, um, they have their opening home game of the season at Edgebaston on Monday the 31st, Bank Holiday Monday. I think it's a 10.30 start, uh, and it's free entry. You do have to book a ticket, but it's free entry. So if you want to go and watch some of the Worcestershire women, it's at Edgebaston, the Central Sparks against the Western Storm, and we'll retweet all the details on our Twitter account. Right, so that's... That's a pretty good day out, isn't it? That sounds like a good fun to me. I think we should uh, have a look at that one. Yeah, great shout. I like it. Okay, good stuff, team. I suppose now, um, I suppose we'd better, we'd better, um, uh, I suppose we'd better talk about the game, aren't we? Reluctantly, we shall move on uh, to the meaty part of the show, uh, and that is uh, Worcestershire first team, who were at Trent Bridge for round seven of the county championship and let's be honest it didn't go well there was a lot of rain about there was only two days worth of cricket played but that was enough time for Worcestershire to take what can only be described as an absolute belting um they were beaten by an innings and 170 runs mercifully I saw absolutely none of it because I was on holiday um I suppose then we should start uh, with Pete's favourite topic of discussion, and that's team selection, because the rotation policy was in force again. So, thoughts, Pete? 
Yeah, it was uh, two bowlers out this time. Barnard and Morris were rested, Pennington and Joseph coming in. I mean, the difficulty with that to start with is Ed Barnard is statistically our second best batsman. So immediately we lost him for that. Uh, it's good to know it was included because that was in question that we've asked for quite a few weeks in a row. Is Bar- Does Barnard count in this policy uh, because he's an all-rounder? Uh, the answer is obviously yes. Well, look... Um... For those of you who haven't been following it closely, and mercifully I was one of those, here's how things started. Worcestershire won the toss yet again, and yet again decided to ask their opposition to bat first. In the first innings, Nottinghamshire made 400 for five declared, and that was in a very good time as well, 84 and a half overs. Uh, so uh, for those in the wickets Pennington got a couple tongue with one Joseph got one Mitchell got one but yet again Worcestershire unable to bowl a team out Daz was the performance as bad as it sounds? Uh, yeah generally Pennington was uh, well he was the pick of the bowlers actually he bowled very well I mean um, got his line notes absolutely spot on on the first morning took a couple of wickets um, and he bowled well again on the second well third morning because of the rain uh, but he didn't have any support round in the second time. Everybody else was wayward. There's a, so much stuff going down the leg side. Too short. Uh, it was real buffet bowling from everybody else. So take Pennington out from from that criticism. Everybody else, yeah, as bad as you say it was. Well, I mean, if you, if you look at the figures, Daz, then you're absolutely right. Pennington, 19 overs, four maidens, two for 66, and he comes out with some credibility. The rest of them, though, there's a wicket for Tong, but he went at six and a half. Joseph got uh, one for 80. He went for a fair few. Mitchell, one for 77 at five and a half. Yeah, it, it makes for grim reading. What, what do you make of it, Pete? I mean, Daz is absolutely right about Pennington, and he got Joe Clark with a beauty, which is always pleasant to see. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is we're struggling to bowl teams out. It's a point that's been made before. It's difficult to know why that is, whether it's poor decision-making in terms of, um, you know, the rotation policy, which we've mentioned, or this, this choosing to bowl first, whether it's poor execution of skill, or whether it's other factors like some of the decks we've been, we've been playing on. It's probably a combination of all three. But the thing that surprises me, I mean, as you say, none of the bowlers come out well this season. But uh, statistically, Josh Tung and Charlie Morris are our best bowlers uh, in terms of uh, wickets per innings, and they've played the fewest games. So yeah. uh, this rotation policy continues to confuse me. And in addition, Alzari Joseph has been underused compared to the other bowlers, and yet he's our overseas signing. He was only with us for a few games. So, I mean, we've had some comments on Twitter, haven't we, about people agreeing with the, the rotation policy in terms of our comments about it. And and how it seems to be predetermined rather than picking your best uh, bowlers for the wicket. But I look at other teams, like take that not side. Generally this season, their bowling liner has been Broad, Patterson and Fletcher. Broad, Patterson and Fletcher with um, Lyndon James as well being the fourth seamer. And then they've been playing Zach Chappell as and when they've needed to rest you aboard. That is a set, solid unit that is bowling well in tandem. Ours just seems to be a little bit ad hoc week on week with factors that are not are not transparent. I'm with you, Pete. I'm not sure how this rotation policy... Well, it clearly isn't working because, yet again, we've got nowhere near bowling a side out. And we've been... Uh, if we're honest, it's, it's a humiliating defeat. It is a humiliating defeat because we've been done in two days. You're absolutely right. We, we have good players because they've done it before. We know that they're a good county standard players. For whatever reason, it's not working for any of them at the moment. What I've done is I've broken down our first seven matches... We concede hundreds for fun. So I've not included innings of 25 overs or less, um, because I don't think it's fair to expect a batsman to get a hundred 
in under 25 overs. I still think 25 overs, you have to go some. So for every innings we've bowled of 25 overs or more, that's happened 10 times in seven matches. In that time, 13 batsmen have made centuries against us. 13 centuries against us, including two ton 50s and a 200 in seven matches. And that also includes a 98 and a 99. So what that, I mean, 98 and 99 are as good as 100. So that's 15 innings there in seven matches. You've got no hope of winning a game of cricket. Completely agree. And, you know, you only have to look at the amount of bowling points we've picked up, which shows where we are relative to other sides. And, and, ultimately, that, that, and ultimately, that's putting, putting pressure on the batsmen. You know, we, we'll come on to, to our innings. But the batsmen are under pressure because they're continually facing scoreboard pressure. Um, and, and, and we're just struggling to, to compete as a result. Yeah, and we, we know New Road has been an absolute pudding, and it's just you can't take wickets at New Road. In the first two games, you can rule that out. Even the, the, the game against Essex um, away, where it was a, just a, a dreamy batting deck, right? So you, even if you get those three games, ultimately, we went to Durham last week on a wicket that was going to produce a result, and it did produce a result, but we couldn't take more than 15 wickets on it. Um, this time round, in terrible batting conditions, somehow we contrived to concede 400. And we know it was a difficult place to bat because Worcestershire lost by an innings 170 runs, the 80 all out and 150 all out. Even in decent conditions, you, you can. it starts to get to a point, I think, where the mitigating circumstances sort of start to drift away from relevance. Absolutely. Yeah, and you, have, you, say, you say New Road's a, a, a batting track. We've only played two games out there at seven. Yeah, exactly. Five of the games have been away. I mean, listen to Fletcher's, Luke Fletcher's interview after the game. And, he, and they asked what went so right for him. And he just says, yeah, I just put it consistently in the same place and let the, um, let the conditions do the work. And that's what Pennington did, but nobody else did. I mean, absolute lack of consistency. And it, we are not and getting picked off. And, and then, you, like you say, you've got Pete says, batsman under pressure, and you can't keep expecting to dig you out of a hole. I won't, I won't try and talk shop about the performance because I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't watch them bowl. But... What is apparent is that we are not a bowling unit, and we are, we are, there's not a coherent bowling unit. There's not a consistent team selection, and it's hard to see how that is helping matters. It might just be we're not good enough, and if we're not good enough, you know, fair enough. It is what it is. But we have cricketers there that have done it before at the county level because we were good with a, we were good in four day cricket last year. Um, so I'm I'm baffled as to what's happening here. Anyway, um, I think I think we're like one world class bowler away, really, in a way. That's what nothing that, isn't it? You, you, if you've got a Stuart Broad in your side, you're not going to rotate him, are you? If uh, you've got... I mean, th- th- that is a fair point. Uh, we came up against, you know, Wood and, and Rushworth last week. But, you know, there was a spell in our third innings where Broad was, was targeting short stuff at, at Dolavere. It was brilliant to watch, but not from a Worcestershire perspective uh, because it was absolutely brutal and he was he was on it. So you are right, Dad. That, that also is a factor that... Other sides that we've come up against recently in our two heavy defeats have had that England international bowler alongside them. Yeah, I mean, true. They're, they're, yeah, they're true, but, but, they're, but they're not an innings and 170 runs better than us. So there's no, something going wrong. Absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, and, and having having a Stuart Broad is great, but he took um, he took six wickets in the match. Fletcher took. Um, so if Stuart Broad doesn't play, I think Nottingham should still win comfortably. Really? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, there's not there's no excuse. Right. Let's. Let's let's rattle through this because I feel like we're going to get angry. <laughs> um, <laughs> Worcestershire's, Worcestershire's reply to four hundred for five declared. Um, it it was uh, eighty all out, and it was uh, let's, it was embarrassing, is what it was. Fletcher seven for thirty seven. Right, okay, um, I mean it's exactly what I've just said about Fletcher. He put exactly the same. He bowled exactly the same ball for fifteen overs, and 
he was he was nipping backwards and forwards. Batsman didn't know whether it was going to say swing away and they were nipping him to slip or behind or, or coming in and, and trapping him up. I mean, only really two to mention. Mitchell left a straight one, which was a bit of a silly. But yeah, just left a straight one, which hit him on the pad and was plum Albert you'll ever see. And um, they were peppering a lot of short leg side stuff at Libby and uh, I think they had a little bit of a plan to him and managed to get him with a, a brilliant slater catch down to his right, which sort of set up the collapse. But uh, after that, it was just a complete yeah. play at batsman coming in absolutely zero confidence. Yeah. And when you bat him, to, you think that there's nothing in the game other than to try and save it. I suppose it's um, perhaps it's a mental thing that's, that's the problem. Perhaps they haven't got the um, sort of the, the, the right mental attitude. I don't know. Yeah, well, there was so much rain about that uh, Worcestershire were actually asked about on the afternoon of day three of the four-day game in their first innings, and they went from 21 for one to 21 for five and quickly uh, bowled out for 80. But ultimately, when when day four rolled around, gents, we were six down. We were 53 for six. Nottinghamshire, to beat us, had to take 14 wickets in the day, um, and they did it comfortably. 150 all out in 57.4 overs. So, in our first innings, 32.5 overs. Our second innings, 57.4. So, we've batted pretty much the same time as Nottinghamshire. They, their first innings, they made 400 for five in 84 overs. In in reply, we were essentially in the same time frame, 230 for 20. Um, I mean, I have to say, with our second innings, um, even though we were really up against it. Um, I felt that when Libby and Fowl were at the crease, the draw in many ways was still the most likely option. They looked okay. I know I know Fowl only made 13, but it's 13 or 59 balls. Libby had led a charmed life up until then, but he was still there and he was closing on a 50. Uh, Tom Fowl had chased a couple of wide ones and was close to edging them behind. And I think Libby came down the wicket a couple of times and said, you know, just, just what are you doing? But then Fowl went. Libby again got out to a leg side plan. It was a, they were targeting him uh, with a man at uh, short leg and he clipped it straight to him. Jack Haynes, not, not one of his finest moments. I, I didn't see a replay of the shot, but it felt like an unnecessary straight drive, which he then got caught and bowled. And of course, we went from a reasonable uh, standpoint to suddenly being, I think it was about 60 for three, and then the collapse was on. Um, so, and then when you follow that up as well, uh, Ricky Vessels, he sort of chased a, a wide one or tried to cut one that wasn't there to cut and it ended up being caught. Brilliant catch by Duckett, but it was a, an avoidable dismissal. Um, and the only batsman to really dig in was Brett Dolivera, who played really well for his 31. As I mentioned, he got peppered by the short ball, but it was 31 off 88 balls. Did really well, but eventually uh, came to, uh, to come to Patterson. So just, it just felt like there was some, a lot of unnecessary dismissals um, and we'd almost sort of given up by then and, and accepted the inevitable. Yeah, I, well, I saw I saw a kind of like a the three minute highlight package of day four, and the Haynes, Haynes was a, it almost like the ball got stuck in the pitch a little bit, and it, it was um, he was waiting for it, so it was sort of almost became a check drive where he the, he sent it back to Fletcher. You're right about the the vessels dismissal. It wasn't there to cut. It wasn't a shot that needed to be played. Just leave it alone. I mean, it was close enough to him. Like, either leave it alone or wear one in the ribs, but stick about. Stick about yeah, and put a, put, a, put a shift in, put a shift in, wear a bruise, put a shift in. And I felt for Dolivera actually, because he got a snorter and, um, and he mistimed it. And he was gutted. He was gutted when he got out because he was on his haunches and his back in his hands and his head, he just, he, you know, his head hung low. And um, yeah, so he, he, he was hurting for that. And uh, yeah, it was 88 
ballsy face, didn't he? And he was facing chin music all the time. Uh, and it, it clearly it meant something to him. So he was gutted. Um, yeah, yeah, it was a really gutsy knock. And Gidman commented as such afterwards to say that, you know, it was really un- unfortunate for the for him. It played a really good innings and, and deserved to, to hang around a bit longer. So Brett Dolivera is a positive. Jake Libby scoring another 50, albeit he led a charmed life through that innings. But you do as an opener, don't you? That's a, that's another positive. But those two aside, that's about as positive as I can be about this performance. Yeah, it's horrible, isn't it? Because what choice do we have? It, I mean, it was a two-day humiliation and it feels horrible to have to do it. And it feels horrible to have to kind of beat the team up, but it was awful. And it wouldn't know. be so. It wouldn't feel so bad if it hadn't been the same the game before. I think that's it. It's two back-to-back games where we've we've not been in it at all, uh, and that's what's disappointing. And with the draws that we've had to date, it just feels like an underwhelming campaign so far, and we're waiting for a bit of a spark. The table doesn't lie. We are second from bottom, having played a game more than the team who are bottom. We haven't won a game. Um, and actually, when it comes to a when it comes to a close contest, or at least the, the, the prospect of a competition, we have come up well short. Um, it's uh, you know, it, it, if if we're honest, we're in a position where um, we aren't performing well as individuals, um, either with the bat, the ball, or in the field. The coach doesn't know his best team, or just isn't going to play it for whatever reason, and. It's difficult to see at the moment who we're actually going to beat this year. Um, well, I remain hopeful that with Derbyshire this week, as long as the weather holds, back at New Road, members back in the ground, Derby below us, that'll be the one. So let's hope we can celebrate and discuss our first victory next week on this podcast. Yes, well, good on you, Pete, for being positive, because I imagine most of the people who are listening to this have just been weeping into their cups of tea, and they're just going, I can't take it anymore, these boys are broken. <laughs> um, and as you point out, we're on 71 points. Our, our, our bonus points are keeping us alive, really, because uh, we are, what are we, we're 17 points off second, and Essex have played the same amount of games. So, look, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we won three on the bounce, and the things looked much, much rosier a little further on down the track because we've done it before. We were good last year. Um, I don't. It's hard to really know what, for how and why, but something isn't quite right. Anyway, um, we've done the difficult bit. Thanks for sticking with us. If you're still listening, we appreciate you. Let's take the edge off a little bit and we will move on. And now, this. Honours board. <laughs> Pete, I'm going to go to you first. This is our opportunity to acknowledge great performances from players that don't play for Worcestershire. So who have you gone for this week? Well, I've gone for a clear uh, clear winner at uh, County Championship Cricket this week. It's uh, Darren Stevens of Kent. It was all over the news, all over social media. A lot of people will, will know what's happened. But if you don't, Kent were in a lot of trouble in their game. I think they were 97 for 7 or something similar. And uh, Stevens arrived at the crease and he ended up scoring 190 off 149 balls with 15 fours, 15 sixes, which is a strike rate of 127.51. It was magnificent. And as we tweeted, it was a respite from what was uh, just rain at Trent Bridge. Um, and it was lovely to watch. The only downside, though, chaps, which might mean he doesn't make the honours board, is I think when he was about 180, he tried a straight drive, which hit the umpire, Richard Inglenworth, and knocked him over. Now, Richard Inglenworth is obviously one of our own. 
how do we feel about this? Does the 190 performance um, offset the injuring our former spinner? Obviously, injuring uh, a former pair is, is, is absolutely sacrilege. But the fact that you've gone for Darren Stevens in a week that um, he's probably the only pick and Jim's been on a holiday makes me laugh. So, yeah, I'm going to give it you. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's an astonishing innings, isn't it? 190 coming in at, what, was he number seven? And then everyone else, right, the contributions from everyone else, 43, 27, 0, 2, 11, 0, 190, 0, 12, 7, and 7 not out. That's ridiculous. It was Incredible, like isn't it? 92 for 7, and they made 307. Um, that's one of the most astonishing scorecards I've ever seen. As for the we've also, uh, we've also got a partnership with Cummins as well. Didn't he have? Wasn't it 160 odd partnership? And Cummins got one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was 160. It was the record. And yeah, Cummins only got one at that point. It was. It was brilliant. <laughs> it's a Dindale pick that. <laughs> oh mate, I mean, I mean, really, that's probably where I'll end up going. Um, wow. That that's an astonishing start. Uh, with, with regard to Richard Illingworth, how about this? We give. Darren Stevens, his rightful spot on the Honor Pairs Honours Board, but we also give him an ASBO. <laughs> yeah. Let's see how yeah. good he is at bowling with an electric tag around his ankle. Agreed. It's also worth noting that Stevens did take a wicket, but the game ended up in a draw. Both teams declared on, on 60, trying to, trying to force a result, but rain intervened and it ended up as a, a match drawn there. But yeah, 190 and one wicket for Stevens, and it sounds like he's on our board. Yeah, <laughs> what an astonishing innings. You're right, it's draws. I just forgot it's draws all over the place um, because of the weather. Um, Daz, who have you got? It is slim pickings, isn't it? Cause it well, game... I've, gone, I've gone a little bit off-piste, so um, uh, I don't know if you're going to give me this one or not. Um, like you say, slim pickings, lots of rain about. Um, can't go for Fletcher because it was against Worcestershire. So uh, I'm going to stick with the same game, Kent versus Glamorgan. And oh, well, actually, there's a couple of others to mention first, really. Um, Peter Siddle got a six for, didn't he? For Essex against Warwickshire. Yeah. And uh, Kimo Roach took about nine, nine wickets for Surrey. Yeah, five and a four. So, yeah, nine wickets for, for Kimo Roach. So, definitely worth a mention, those two. But I'm going to stick with that game and I'm going to go for a joint pick and hope that you put it on. I'm going to go for um, Billings and Chris Cook. Sam Billings and Chris Cook, the two captains who, in a season where the what I now agree with you, Jim, is a ridiculous point system where teams are, seem to be quite happy going <laughs> for draws. The two captains who have made a couple of declarations, foregone their bonus points uh, and tried to actually get a result out of the game. Now, I know the rain came back in and, and forced it into a draw, but uh, I just think fair play to them. They've, uh, they've gone against the, uh, against the grain there, given the fans something to look forward to. And, uh, yeah, Sam Billings, Chris Cook. That's well, I'm not accepting a joint... Honours board mention. I'm not having it. It's farcical. It's one person or not. But so you can you can not. I'm not giving you Sam Billings, right? Oh, I'll, I'll, but, just give, I'll just give Stevens then. <laughs> no, I was going to say right. I'll, I'll happily accept Chris Cook because he forwent batting bonus points. Yeah, that's yeah, good point. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take that. So I will. Um, I'll, I'll take I will, that criticism on board. So I'm I'm willing to accept in this exceptional um, round of matches where very few games got even into a third innings um, of the four. Um, that Chris Cook, the Glamorgan captain, who declared on 64 for three to try and force a result just out of interest, because um, why wouldn't you? 
I like it. Pete, what do you think? Is it enough or is it an honorary mention and nothing more? Well, I tried to get Wayne Parnell on a few weeks ago and Daryl was brutal in his assessment. <laughs> so I am going to say absolutely not. A, a, you're, you're right to mention it and well done to the captains but uh, no have another look at the scorecards Daz and try again alright I will look at the scorecards <laughs> and, and, and for the same reason that Parnell didn't get on because he didn't win his game he didn't win his team the game Stevens doesn't get on either hey no. <laughs> no, look we've all had a difficult week it's been an unpleasant it's been unpleasant watching as a Worcestershire fan but Stevens is on that honours board and we'll have serious <laughs> problems if he isn't I, we, I'm afraid Look, Daz, you're just going to have to accept Pete. Pete has ruled with an iron fist. He's been stern but fair, yeah. like the Russian police, and he's saying no to Cook. Yeah. So there we are. So th- that's Pete, the... Pete. Don't fly over my airspace this week. Well, it's no getting too. spicy. Look, let's um. Look, we we've all had a difficult time. We've all had a difficult time. It's very difficult to know where to go with this. Um. And I, th- I mean, really, what we should have done with the honours board is that, um, Pete, you should have had Darren Stevens for his naught to sixty. Daz, you should have had Darren Stevens from sixty to one twenty, and I should have had Darren Stevens one twenty to one eighty before he hit Richard Illingworth. Right? That's what we should have done, and we should all just have said Darren Stevens and moved on with our lives, and just honourable mentioned everybody else. Yeah, I think it is just Darren Stevens. Let's get on with it. Okay, right. Honorary mentions for Cummins for his wonderful one. Honorary mentions for Cook for trying his hardest to force a, a well a result of some description in a game that was always doomed to fail. And Darren Stevens, who is possibly, possibly the most interesting, entertaining, and enjoyable county cricketer in the history of the game, who just he cleans house, doesn't he? What, Can what I suggest it? that um, we are gracious in defeat and we maybe put uh, Ben Duckett on the honours board because his 177, whilst it hurt, it was a magnificent innings of 196 balls. It, it set them up and it set them up quickly. Uh, so is, is that a fair fair pick? All right. Well, how about this, gents? How about this? Because because the week's been what it is and we love this game of cricket and although it's been absolutely no fun for us to watch this week Darren Stevens is on that's guaranteed let's put Fletcher on and let's put Duckett on and let's hold our hands up and say we just got done by a really class act with bat and a really class act with ball and we'll all move on with our lives what do you think? Agreed Okay Um, I think it's time for any other business but before we get to any other business um, there's been something that's been niggling at me for a couple of weeks and I haven't had time to address it I want to take you back to episode episode five when we talked about commentators. And we were talking about our favourite commentators. And it was something that Pete said. It, it wasn't something he said. It was the way that he said it. And I couldn't let it lie. He just kept pronouncing Jonathan Agnew's name wrong. And the whole time I was thinking about how he was pronouncing his name wrong, there was a song that kept rolling through my head. Anyway, I had just about enough time before we started the podcast to make this. Pete, what was that? <laughs> I didn't know I did that. Um, I thought I said it the same way you did, so uh, there we go. <laughs> Obviously, I knew what I was doing. And I'm a, a bit of a visionary and when it comes to music, Jim. That's what was going on there. Electric Agonew. Agonew. New. I might... No, we'll stop there. We'll stop there. Um, anyway, <laughs> that needed addressing. Now, last week, we had a plan to do our, um, our England 11 for our, any other business. But the England team have already done it. 
so we didn't bother. So, uh, Pete, why don't you tell us what we've been up to this week? <laughs> well, I don't know if I should now. I'm worried about getting my words wrong. Right, OK, so, <laughs> uh, as you say, the hard work was done for us. So we started having a chat after last week's episode on the WhatsApps um, because Daryl said good news pudding. <laughs> and that started us thinking about uh, edible cricketers and a potential food 11. So we thought, as opposed to doing our England team, why don't we all come up with a food 11? And uh, that's exactly what we've been doing. And the WhatsApp chat has been pinging pretty regularly all week, <laughs> even with you on holiday, Jim. Yes, mate. I couldn't help myself. It was brilliant. <laughs> right. OK. So edible cricketing 11s. Um well, uh, let's start with you, Daz, because I, I don't, I don't want to cast aspersions here, but based how the WhatsApp group was going, I felt like you found this difficult to start with. Well, I could, no, I think I, I kept coming up with food, but I couldn't twist them into cricketers. Okay, so that I mean, was my problem. I, so you were starting with the food and trying to find the cricketer. Yeah, and then I found it a lot easier to think of cricketers and then put the food in. Afterwards. Yeah, that, that does make sense. Yeah. It was a bit silly, really. Your approach of just, I'm going to think of all of the food in the world, of which there's like an infinite yeah. amount, and go, and well, now, I'll think, well, now I'll think of a county cricketer. Um, the best thing was I started thinking of, I just thought, well, I'll do the foods I like, obviously. <laughs> no, I like that. I mean, if you've done, if you've just done yourself a delicious menu and not worried about batting or bowling or anything else, who, how have we done this, by the well, way? Has everyone just tried to do like a well-balanced side, or have we just gone for the tastiest sounding food? No, I've gone for a menu. Oh, brilliant. Come on, Daz, let's do it. Yeah, let's have your team. Okay, right. So you're in. Uh, I've just welcomed you in for the uh, for the dinner party. Opening yep. drinks. Obviously, I'm going to uh, offer you some Graham Hooch to start <laughs> with. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and for the driver, some Coca Cola Cadmore. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Can I have some Virat Coca Cola? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, I like it. Great start, Dad. <laughs> I've gone for a, a soup starter. Which will be a Stephen Muller Gatornay soup. What? Stephen Muller Gatornay soup. Okay. Yeah. No, we get. <laughs> we get in there. Yeah, I mean, I've got no idea what that is, but yeah, go on. Muller Gatornay. It's the um, like curried soup, isn't it? The Indian one. Okay. All right. Very well. So I, I, I plead ignorance. I apologise. She's oh, Desley. Okay. Sorry. Surprised. Carry on, my friend. Uh, obviously served alongside a Josh Cobb. That would be with either Joss Butter or, if you're on a diet, Flora Light Burr Whistle. We've got a fish dish, which was going to be Jonathan Trout, but now that I've thought of Stephen Sharp fin soup, I'm going to stick that in instead. Yeah, OK. I like uh, Jonathan main, Trout. <laughs> Jonathan Trout. <laughs> main menu, main course. Ben Coxalvin. Ben, ben Coxovan. Coxovan. Yeah, OK. How's it pronounced? <laughs> it's Coxovan. Coxovan I quite like. Coxovan. Yeah, or nice. We've got some uh, Alan Lamb. Of course. Or if you, if you want something a little more mature, some Matthew Hoggett or Len Mutton. Yeah, oh, I like I like the sheep-based work, shower. mate. Yeah. And uh, that will all be seasoned with some, obviously, some basil d'oliveira. If none of you have gone for that, then shame on you. Uh, <laughs> yes. D- Dillon Pennington. Yeah. James oh, Corey Anderson. <sighs> and, of course, some turmeriky vessels. Oh, I love your work. Get some Phil Mustard in there, my friend. Come on. That seemed a bit obvious, along with onions. If we're going to go, if we're going to go for a full spice rack, can we have some cumin patel? Oh yes, yes. yes. We should do a spice rack eleven. Right. Okay. So, are we done? What's the next course, Daz? We got pudding. There's a veggie option as well. There's um, stuffed mushroom Ahmed. 
<laughs> right, I'm not sure about well, that, but go on. Well, I, I just wanted to say I'd be deliver, delivering some leg spinach, so that <laughs> It was worth it for that. You're an idiot, but I love you. Right. Um, and then would you like the wine list? Yeah. Obviously, there's uh, a bottle of Tim Champagne, some Mohammed Shiraz, uh, a bottle of Malbec Loy, <laughs> but the but the vino best is the OA Chardonnay. I'll tell you what, they were all dreadful apart from OA Chardonnay, which was brilliant. Um, <laughs> okay, mate, well, look, it was lovely. It was lovely to be a, um, be a guest at your restaurant. Do you have a name for your restaurant? Oh, uh, well, it's, it's uh, actually, it's the restaurant at the Oval Team. Yeah. So. <laughs> yes, Daz. <laughs> lovely work, my friend. Okay, wow, what a journey, what an adventure. You know, and, you know, with the uh, lockdown restrictions eased... We can we can dine out at uh, Daz's restaurant anytime we yeah. so wish. Pete, are you going to make a reservation? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, as long as Daz isn't cooking. But uh, yeah, brilliant. Fair point. Uh, right, OK, Pete. I mean, how have you gone about this? Have you just gone to try and get a decent cricketing side with good balance? Is there a vibe or a theme? Well, I've gone to uh, try and pick a balanced team. And I've also tried to keep it as Worcestershire related as I can. Although I did struggle... To, uh, to to pick too many Worcestershire cricketers, but I tried, did try and keep it on brand as always. So I've so <laughs> opened up with uh, an opening pair. One of them I, I mentioned as a pun a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Michael Carvery is opening the baton with Tom Gravy. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah. I'll be Worcestershire fans all over the place who are cringing that I've just uh, I've said uh, Gravy instead of Gravely, and oh, then I've, I've mentioned his name that way, but I'm running with it. They're my opening pair. You beat me because I, I wrote great, great Gravy Papara down. I didn't say it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Go on then, Pete. Crack on, son. What you got? My my number three is Tikadarwan. That's just for you, Jim. Yes. <laughs> Tikadarwan. Tikadarwan. Oh, my we're number, idiots. My number four is Joe Root Vegetable yeah. uh, in his in his rightful place. I've also gone for Basil Dolivera. He's at five. Wicket keeper I found difficult, but I had two picks. Uh, the reserve keeper is Def, uh, Jeff Dijon Mustard, uh, but I've gone for Rodney Marshmallow as my uh, my wicket keeper. That's excellent. <laughs> I love Rodney Marshmallow. Yes, <laughs> what about Steve Rocky Rhodes? Well, there, yes, oh, absolutely. Yes. Um, and then my bowling lineup is lengthy. It's not really a balanced side, and I'm missing all rounders. The closest I've got to an all rounder is Jack Pantry. Jack Pantry, lovely, lovely oh. work. Uh, my slow left arm is Saeed Chowdhury. Yeah. Uh, with Derek Pringles. <laughs> Pat, Pat Brown sauce. Yeah, lovely. My my two overseas bowlers are you either have Kurtley Ambrosia or Makaya Martini. Yeah. Okay. Not bad. I mean, you've really missed some opportunities with the Worcestershire side, right? Because you should have Vikram Solankish. Yes, yeah. I was really happy with that. Vikram Solankish. Stuart, <laughs> La- Stuart Lampitted Olives. <laughs> Very good. Alan Richardson Blush Tomatoes. Ruben Spring Onions. <laughs> Shakib Al Hassandwich. Shakib yeah, Tartar Sauce. Come on! <laughs> Caram- the other two things I should say is that most of my uh, most of my dishes would all be better with a finch of salt. So he's my yes. Favorite. And uh, if, if needed, my director of cricket is Sunil Gavaskon. <laughs> yeah, excellent. What about what about caramelised onion chutney or Radford? <laughs> I think once you start adding up to three or four words, Jim, I think you're stretching it. But I I like your effort. Okay, very well. I respect that. Um, I respect as well that you've gone for people who don't require any sort of additions. No one mentioned Graham onions. We got Basil Dolivera. No one mentioned Sean Pollock. Um, oh, that's easy, wouldn't it? Yeah. 
Um, I, did, I, mean, I, I, did, I did mention onions, though, if you, you do go back. Yeah. Well, I mean, for me to... <laughs> what I needed to do was I to get the ingredients I needed to make my team, I went to the obvious outlets. I went to the obvious resources to uh, to get the ingredients. So I went to Tony Gregg's. I went to NASA Sainsbury's. I went to Aldine Headley. And I went to Craig Brath Waitrose. Um <laughs> I do really in shops as well. <laughs> in, in principle, I won't go to Mar- Marcus Tescothic um, because they're morally corrupt. Um, I, I went for a ca- <laughs> I've got a county cricket eleven. Um, so it's Ollie Stone baked pizza, Tim Ambrosia custard, Warren Heggie bread. I quite liked. Yeah, um, I like that. Yeah, it's very good. Chicken Jalfrezi in Austin. I like it. <laughs> Tim Bresnan. That with a with a kima nankara. No, I'm serving it with Tim Bresnan. Oh yes, very good. Good. Uh, Gingerbread Giddens, Graham Wagyu Beef, um, oh, <laughs> Steak and Kidney Neil Smith, Sean Taku Dal, uh, and, and Edam Hollyoak. Uh, I basically, I have wasted a wonderful trip away with a wonderful woman doing this because... And you didn't even... You didn't even did, you, did you go to Vic Marks and Spencer since you're on about shops? No, no, we'll, we'll get to that because, I, you know, I, I wanted to have some... Um, uh, some proper commentators um, take care of business for me. You know, I've I've, I've thought about this um, to an alarming extent. Um, <laughs> we'll get to this. I've even got I've got an England team: um, Dom Sibley and Perrins, Tomato and Morgan, Ian Bell Peppers, Jeffrey Boy Cottage Cheese, Andrew Flynn Toffee Apple, Joe Beetroot, Papa Dominic Cork, the man from Del Monte Panasar, Toblerone Jones, Aberdeen Angus Fraser, and Jimmy Anderson Sunny Delight. Um, if you haven't mentioned Sam and Tom Currents, shame on you. Um, but uh, I, I think probably the strongest one for England, I went for Chicken Kievin Peterson. I feel like Excellent. I feel like I've lost friends doing this. Um, I think we've lost listeners as well. <laughs> okay, right. I'm going to give you my actual team. I'm going to give you my actual team that I've selected. Right? No, I'm not. Actually, I've gone too far. I've gone too far. I'm just going to mention the one person that I really wanted to mention. Um, well, no, two, uh, Venkatesh Prasadines and uh, Fish Bar El Hack. Anyway, um, that was lengthy. Uh, to, yeah. Make sure you don't get any Dale Stains on your shirt. Um, <laughs> please, sir, can I have some Albie Morkel? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you wanted some umpires for our game, by the way, you could have um, Spotted Dicky Bird and um, um, Old Shepherd's Pie. Shepherd's Pie, yeah. Rod Tucker. Rod Tucker, <laughs> and uh, they'd probably play. They'd probably play in the uh, Little Sheffield Shield, or perhaps the Uncle Benson and Hedges Cup. I'm sorry. I mean, I came up with 63 of these. I had Salmon Button Up Squash, Paul Trifle, David Booner, Sugar Cane Williamson, Darren Lim and Meringue Pie, Nathan Lionbar, Rion King Prawn, Capil Devonshire Clotted Cream, Onion Bargy and Bishop. Oh, I could have gone on forever, and I. I um, and just a nod as well to um, Sarah Chicken Sar Taylor and uh, Charlotte King Edward Potato because uh, I'm inclusive. Will the umpires be using Snickersometer? Yes, Daz. Right. Um. Well, that was um. That was odd, wasn't it? That was fun. I enjoyed that. It was better than talking about the cricket. It was, wasn't it? I mean, I like the fact that uh, a few episodes ago you basically said that both Daz and I had wasted our week by trying to find Ray Price's Joe Century. And you've just uh, and you've just reeled off that list. I mean, a magnificent work, Jim, but something of a hypocrite. You mean Ray Ashton Price? <laughs> oh, 
Oh, dear. You're absolutely right. It's shameful. 63. 63 of those. Uh, Emma is a very, very lucky woman to have me. Um, I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I think, and on that what note... Are what are we doing for any other business next week? Oh. I think for the sake of the listeners, we should take a week off. Um, I don't know. What what do we fancy for any other business next week? Let's not do this again, because literally I stayed up all night doing that. Can we, can we do 90s pop songs? Because I accidentally got a couple of those while I was doing this one. <laughs> 90s <laughs> pop songs? Ravi, Ravi Umbapara. Oh, no. I tell you what, let's let's give let's give the puns a break. Besides, if we're going to do pop records, we're doing this. I mean, for my shameful punnage, I think I've made up for it with that. Um... Right, we, we are without any other business next week, and that's okay. If something well, comes the, to us uh, next week... listeners decide. Oh, I don't think we've got any listeners <laughs> left, mate. No, no, probably not, no. <laughs> and, on that, and on that note, I think it's probably time to call it quits. We've, we've gone too far. I've gone too far. If you want to get hold of us, you can find us in the usual place. The Twitter handle is at on underscore a underscore pair. If you want to get hold of Daryl Butler, he's at Dazza B back home, all one word. If you want to get hold of me, I'm Jim Dale. It's James F. Dale. If you want to get hold of Peter de Sonberg, he'll be tucking into the latest offerings at Daz's very special restaurant. God help you. I hope you don't get food poisoning. I'm off the cheese wedge baston. <laughs> cheese wedge baston. Oh, we're idiots. We've got. We, I reckon we've lost everyone this week. It's a f-